Isn't it good to have our missionary from Africa home for a few weeks? Amen. 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 What a blessing. Mm. Wow. Mm. We've been in the presence of the Lord today. Amen. Amen. The, um, (laughs) that's good. That's good. What do you do (laughs) when you don't know what to do, right? That, that's actually the title of our series right now. Uh, what do you do when you don't know what to do? If you're visiting last weekend, we jumped into a series simply trying to answer that question. We all face those moments in our life when we're in the middle of a decision or a circumstance or a situation, and we just really need to hear from God. We begin to wrestle with the question, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Anybody identify with that at all at seasons and times in your life, right? If, if we'll be honest, if we'll kind of take the church face off today and just get real transparent, we all have those moments, those seasons, those circumstances when we need to hear God speak clearly into our lives. There's a decision or an opportunity or a challenge or a circumstance, and we need God's wisdom. What do you do? When you don't know what to do. Well, as a basis for this series, we are studying through the Old Testament book of Proverbs together. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to the book of Proverbs. It's right after the book of Psalms in the Old Testament. The book of Proverbs was written to give us God's wisdom for every area of our life. If you're not a regular student of the book of Proverbs, I encourage you to read the book of Proverbs. It is a book that reveals in many ways the mind of God, God's wisdom. Let me give you a definition of the word wisdom as we're kind of walking through this series together. Wisdom is the ability to see life from God's perspective. That's wisdom. It's the ability to see life from God's perspective, and that's what we really all need in those situations and circumstances in our life that are kind of outside of our control or we really need God to speak. We need to be able to see that situation, see that decision, understand that circumstance from the perspective of God, and then walk in God's wisdom. One of the things that we've asked you to do this month is we've asked every person who regularly attends our fellowship throughout the month of October to daily read the proverb that corresponds to the day of the month. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, 31 days in the month of October. Daily read the proverb that goes with the day of the month, and we're doing that to seek God's wisdom. Well, how do we do that? How do we get God's wisdom? How does God speak into our daily lives? Well, there's no one answer to that question. But what we're trying to do with this series is give you four life application statements 
that will build a framework in your life that will enable you to discern God's voice into your daily life. God desires to speak into our lives. And there's no magic formula how you hear God's voice speak into your life, but there are some principles from Proverbs that can build a framework by which we can discern God speaking into our daily life. And, and I've really wrestled with, with these series of messages, and the reason is a little bit unique. We just finished a series where we had to really wrestle with some big, massive, heavy topics. And it's, it took us volumes of time wrestling down some very difficult theological topics to try to unpack those in one weekend at a time. But the reason I've wrestled with this series is, is different than that. This is a series that, to be honest with you, you're not going to hear anything in these four weekends and go, wow, that's the greatest sermon I've ever heard. I mean, I even told the guys uh, back here as we were praying, getting ready to come in this morning, I knew what they were going to be doing in the music this morning, or at least I knew what they had planned. You never know with Teddy what they're going to be doing, right? I mean, you know what's in the schedule, but you just never know how he's going to do it. So I knew what they had planned, and I thought, man, it is going to be anticlimactic today when the music is over because that is just such a, a takeoff ramp. But these messages are so practical. But here's what I want you to understand about them. If you'll take these four life applications that we're giving you over these four weekends and you'll begin to live them out, I don't know of anything we ever teach here at Hope, that is more applicable and can have greater impact in your personal daily life than these principles we're sharing with you in these four weekends. So by way of review, let me give you the principle we started with last weekend. Life application number one. Let's read it together off the screen. One, two, three. When you don't know what to do, You must turn to what God has said in his word and trust that he knows best. Let's say the two underlined words together. Turn and trust. Say them again. Turn and trust. When you don't know what to do, the first life application we learned out of Proverbs is we go to the word of God. It is not possible for you and I to discern the will of God for our lives apart from the Word of God in our lives. Listen to that again. It is not possible for you and I to discern God's will for our lives apart from regularly and consistently the Word of God speaking into our lives. Let me show you a proverb to kind of reinforce this. Proverbs 16, verse 20. Look at it on the screen. He who gives attention to the word will find good, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Isn't that turn and trust? He who gives attention to the word, that's turning to the word, pondering the word, will find good. How many of you want your life to be good? Anybody want theirs to be bad? I didn't think so, right? Somebody was just putting their arm around their wife, and as soon as I said, they would, I don't want my life to be bad. We want our lives to be good. Well, he says, he who gives attention to the word will find good. 
And blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. The first principle is that we must give place to God's word in our lives. And so I gave you last weekend these three little statements. I hope they stuck with you. I'm to daily be in the word. I'm to weekly be under the word, sitting under the teaching of God's word weekly. And then thirdly, I'm to consistently be fellowshipping with others around the word. Daily in the word, weekly under the word consistently fellowshipping with others around the word. I hope you're taking that and applying it to your life. When you don't know what to do, that is step number one. But you cannot discern God's will for your life and know what to do when you don't know what to do simply with that principle alone. I mean, let's be honest. You can't chapter and verse every situation and circumstance in your life. There are some of those situations and circumstances where there are principles in the Word of God, and we have to take those principles and make daily application into our lives. So what is the second life application? Well, I'm going to give it to you in just a minute, but as you study the book of Proverbs, this second life application is, is arguably the most dominant theme in the entire book of Proverbs. To show it to you and to show you how dominant it is, I'm going to read... Uh, six different places just randomly in the book of Proverbs that talk about this principle. Look at it on the screen. Proverbs 11, 14. Where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there is, say it out loud, victory. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But wise is a man who listens to what? Say it out loud. Counsel. Proverbs 13, 10. Through insolence. The word insolence is a word that means presumption. It's the attitude of arrogantly making decisions without all of the information. Through insolence comes nothing but strife. But wisdom is with those who receive, say it out loud, counsel. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Proverbs 15, 22, without, say the next word, consultation, without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. And lastly, Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 6, for by wise guidance, you will wage war and in abundance of, say it out loud, counselors, there is victory. Did you hear it? A lot of those were in the Proverbs that you read this week. Some of those were in the Proverbs you read this morning if you read Proverbs 13 along with our fellowship. There's another principle here that we glean from God's Word, and I want to give you that life application principle. Here it is. When you don't know what to do, you must seek counsel from those walking with God and honoring His word. Let's read that out loud together. One, two, three. When you don't know what to do, you must seek counsel from those walking with God and honoring his word. Proverbs teaches us that wisdom always seeks counsel. Wisdom always seeks counsel. And we're going to unpack what that means and what that looks like. But several years ago, 
I've been reading, I told you last weekend, through Proverbs monthly like this for almost 30 years. Hadn't done it perfectly, but the pattern of my life for 30 years now, since I was in junior high, has been to read the proverb every day that corresponds to the day of the month. And God has taught me some unbelievable wisdom out of reading Proverbs. And one of the principles that has drastically changed my life is what I'm sharing with you this weekend. And it was a few years ago I was reading in Proverbs, reading some of the verses that I just read for you off the screen. And in reading those Proverbs, I wrote down two statements in my journal. I actually went yesterday and I found the old journal that I was using. It was a journal from back in 2007. And I found that journal, went back and read the journal entry pages surrounding this particular day when God was speaking this into my life to make it fresh in my heart. But here are the two statements I wrote down in my journal. They're not on the screen, but here they are. My perspective is always limited. My input is never enough. Let me give you those again. My perspective is always limited. No matter how much you think you know about the decision or the circumstance that you are facing, you only have one perspective on that situation. A one-sided pancake is a very thin pancake, right? You only have one perspective on the situation that you're in the middle of. And the second thing is that my input is never enough. My opinion or my input in a particular situation is never sufficient. So here, that's why the proverb says the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. It's foolish to assume that you always know by yourself the right thing to do. If you think that you always know the right thing to do, the Bible says, not Pastor Vance, the Bible says you are living foolishly. Let me parenthetically say a word to all the men in the room because this is real hard for us, all right? I mean, get us lost, and we'll drive for hours and never ask for directions, right? Because we think we got it. Listen to me, man. As you lead your home, as you live your life, as you spiritually shepherd your family, you need to understand something. And this really goes to all of us. I'm, I'm targeting the men, but it's all of us. You and I are capable of making the wrong decision. Not only that, apart from God's guidance, we will often make the wrong decision. So as I turn and trust in God's word, the second principle is I am to seek counsel in my daily life. The reality is that you and I need God's guidance to make wise decisions. And he does this through our relationship with him daily in his word. But he also speaks into my life through the counsel of other people walking with him. It is imperative. There, there's no way you and I can know what to do when we don't know what to do apart from regularly and consistently being in the Word of God. But secondly, Proverbs says, if you and I are going to make the right decision, if we're going to have a life that's good, we also must add to that the framework of seeking godly counsel from those who 
walk with God and are seeking and trusting in His Word. As I think back on my life and some of the unwise decisions that I've made, as I think about those unwise decisions, almost every single one of them could have been avoided if I'd simply sought counsel from somebody that walked with God and trusted in His Word and honored His Word to speak into my life. Almost every one. I mean, you think about yours. How many of those decisions could have been avoided if you brought in another set of eyes who are walking with God and sought their counsel? Now, let me give you this morning three musts. If you and I are going to seek counsel, there are three musts that that must be in our life. Here's the first one. My relationships must include people I trust to speak God's wisdom into my life. Now, that kind of goes without saying, but it's a must. If you're going to practice this principle, then you got to back up a step And the relationships that are in your life must include people that you trust to speak God's wisdom into your life. So here's the question I want to ask you. Who influences your life the most? A way to evaluate that is who do you choose to spend time with? And I understand work and I understand school. There are some places you don't have a choice about who you spend time with. But outside of those environments where you have a choice, who are you choosing to allow to be the dominant influence into your life? Look at Proverbs 13, 20 again. We read it this morning. You read it in your quiet time this morning. Proverbs 13, 20. Look at it on the screen. Read it out loud with me. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. That's pretty plain, right? So here's the question I'm asking you. Who are you walking with? Who are the people having the most influence into your life? Because sometimes when when you hear a preacher or pastor, or even in reading the Bible, you hear that phrase, seek counsel. And what some people translate that to mean is, oh, I got to go sit down with my pastor, or I've got to go sit down with my small group leader, and i got to get some counsel from them. Listen, there are situations and circumstances where you need to go seek out spiritual counsel from somebody who's in some ways an authority on the Scripture. But that's not at all what Proverbs is talking about here. The word walk with and companion in Proverbs 13.20 are phrases that indicate a relationship between persons that is a friendship relationship. What the Bible is talking about here is this idea of having those with a relational intimacy in my life who are consistently speaking into my life. They know me, I know them. You see, one of the disadvantages when somebody comes and sits down with a pastor, I'm only getting one perspective on the situation, the one that they tell me. But when it's somebody who knows you and they're walking with you and they're doing life with you and they know your family, they have a much greater context by which to speak wisdom into your life. When I was studying for this, I had a little bit of an aha moment. You ever had one of those? It's kind of like, gosh, that makes sense. Why didn't I think about that before? Here's the aha moment. 
The the truth is, wise decision-making begins before the decision ever even comes up. Let me give it to you in a life-changing reality. Look at this on the screen. The relational choices I make set the environment from which decisions will be made. Think about that. The relational choices I make set the environment from which decisions will be made. When it's crunch time, when you need to know what to do and you don't know what to do, who do you turn to? You turn to the people that are walking life with you. You turn to the people that you're closest to. And so in the moment of decision, you are now being heavily influenced by these people that you've been walking with. So really the key to making a wise decision is to step back. And before that moment ever comes up, I'm making relational choices with godly people who are going to speak wisdom into my life when I need it. Now, let me kind of illustrate that. It's very obvious when we think about student ministry or or teenagers in high school. I mean, we all know the impact in the life of a student by the people that he hangs out with, right? That's why as a parent, one of the things you try to guard and one of the boundaries you try to place in in the life of your children is the relationship choices they make. Why? Because you know Whoever they're hanging out with, is gonna, it'll affect the way they dress, it'll affect the way they talk, it'll affect the places they go, it'll affect the music they listen to, it'll affect the things that they read, it'll affect what they watch on television. The, all of that is an influence from the people that they're walking with. But here's what Proverbs is teaching us. That's not just a principle for students. You don't reach a place, mom and dad... In your spiritual life where you're tough enough that you don't need godly influence in your life. It's a principle for every single one of us to make sure that we have godly influence in our lives. He says here, he, the companion of fools will suffer harm. What's a fool? Well, let me tell you how Proverbs defines it. Proverbs 28, 26. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. That doesn't take a lot of explanation, does it? <laughs> to live foolishly is to live without concern for God's perspective. To live foolishly is to live as if there is no God. I trust in myself. I look to myself. Here's what Proverbs says. I don't need to surround myself with people who just look to themselves to make decisions. I need to surround myself with people who walk with God and honor his word to speak into my life. Now, are you saying, Pastor, that I should not have relationships with people who aren't godly? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. As a matter of fact, we should use every opportunity to relationally connect with people who don't know Jesus so that we can demonstrate God's love to them. We should have all kinds of relationships in our lives with people that don't know God so that Christ can use those relationships as a platform to speak into our lives. I'm not saying we should not have relationships with people that don't know God. What I am saying is you need to have a select circle that you know that you walk with so that when decisions come, they are available to speak into your life. 
I told you last weekend when somebody comes up and says, Pastor, here's what's going on. What do I do? The first question I ask them is, tell me about your time in the Word. You know what the second question I ask them is? Who have you sought counsel from? Who's speaking into your life that's affirming what you're saying to me? Who's speaking into your life and what are they saying? And often people say, oh, well, you know, Pastor, I've sought counsel. Yeah, I've asked some people. What? No, 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 no. Is it a godly perspective? Are you just asking some people who are sympathetic towards you and wants you to get out of whatever you're in the middle of, and so they're going to tell you whatever makes you feel better? Or are you seeking counsel from people who know God, who walk with God, who honor His Word, and even if it hurts, are going to tell you the truth? Bill Hybels said it this way, if we are committed to following God's path and growing in wisdom, goodness, discipline, and truth, then we should intentionally surround ourselves with people who exhibit those qualities. As our friendships with those people grow, so will our character and our pursuit of godliness. So, Here's the first thing I want you to kind of think about. Who are those people for you? Two, three, four people that walk with God, that honor His Word, that know you well, that know your life circumstance. Listen, if when I ask that question, in your mind you're not rattling off those two or three names, you're already in trouble. Now, it's not trouble you can't get out of, but it ought to give you an action plan today. And this is one of the reasons why at Hope we encourage every person to connect in a small group. Because you know what you can do in here? You can hide out. You can come and go and listen to songs and listen to sermons. And you can, but when you get in a small group with other believers, there's an accountability that goes with that. And there's an investment of doing life together that goes with that. And in the small group, you can form relationships that enable you to have some people that are walking with you that can speak into your life from a godly perspective. My relationships must include people that I trust to speak God's wisdom into my life. Here's the second must. I must be willing to seek input from others in my life. You see, having friends who are godly is great. But seeking their input is something altogether different. It's one thing to say, I've got the circle, but are you intentional? Have you built an intentional discipline in your life to seek counsel? Here's what I tell our staff team at Hope to the point they're probably sick of hearing me say it. But here's what I tell them all the time here at Hope. Don't make decisions on an island. Don't make decisions on an island. Where's that come from? Proverbs. It saturates in the book of Proverbs. We should not make decisions on an island. Is it a regular part of my decision-making process to stop, 
and to seek counsel from. Now, I understand every situation. There are some times when it's a moment of decision and you've got to just trust the Holy Spirit of God and make a decision. That does happen. But 95% of the time, we can stop for a second and seek some counsel from somebody in our life. We can build an intentional discipline. Let me tell you why this is important. Your heart will lie to you. (gasps) Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says this. The heart is more deceitful than all else and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Do you know what that just said? Do you know what the Bible says about your heart and mine? There's not a bigger liar on planet earth. The heart is more deceitful than every. My heart will lie to me. My heart will tell me this is exactly what I need to do. My heart will tell me this is the right decision for me. My heart will tell me this is going to be good. My heart will tell me this is what I need in my life. My heart will lie. I can't tell you how many times I've sat down with somebody and they would say, I know the Bible says, but, listen to me, uh, if that's where you're living, your heart is lying to you. You have believed an outright lie from the pit of hell and all the enemy desires to do is destroy your life. My heart will lie to me. Sometimes I need some godly people to go, wait a minute. Did you hear what you just said? Warren Wiersbe said it this way. In seeking counsel, we must be sincere because a loving and wise friend can often see dangers and detours that are hidden from us. That's that idea that our perspective is limited. Your godly friends can sometimes see some things because they're not looking at it from your perspective and sometimes they see it because they've made that decision before and they already know what's around the corner. You say, Pastor, why why do we not seek counsel? Well, let me just give you a couple of reasons why we don't. Number one, we don't seek it because we think we don't need it. We think we got this one. Let me tell you what that is. It's arrogance. Listen to what Proverbs 16 says. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. If I'm not seeking counsel because I think I don't need it, There's the next chapter of my life. Sometimes we don't seek counsel because we don't want it. We know what they're going to say. We have a rebellious spirit and we know that what we want to do isn't the right thing, but we want to justify it. So we don't want to ask questions of a godly person because they're going to be honest and that's not what we want to hear. Look at Proverbs 18, verse 1. He who separates himself 
seeks his own desire, if you separate yourself, if you don't seek counsel, if you make that decision on an island, you're seeking what you want and quarreling against all sound wisdom. It means to fight against, to go to war with God's wisdom. I'll give you a third reason we don't seek counsel. We don't seek counsel because we think we don't have time. That's just impatience. Look at Proverbs 19, verse 2. Also, it is not good for a person to be without knowledge, and he who hurries his footsteps errs. If you get in a hurry, you rush into a decision without turning and trusting and seeking counsel. Proverbs says often you'll error, you'll, you'll make a wrong decision. I must be willing to seek input. Is that a discipline in your life? So the first question I said wrestle with is, who are those people? Here's the second question. Think back over the last month. How well have you gone to those people and said, hey, here's what's going on. Speak into my life. You on an island? Here's the third must, and we'll get close to wrapping up with this one. I must be teachable and listen to input. It's one thing to have those relationships in my life. It's another thing to then go to them and ask for counsel. But it's a third thing to listen to what they have to say. The Bible is true. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. The Bible's true. But listen, sometimes it's in your face true. You know the difference, right? I mean, it's true, but sometimes it's in your face true. I want to show you three in your face true verses out of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17. Look at it on the screen. He is on the path of life who heeds instruction. The word instruction is a word that that, that could be translated verbal correction. The word life here is a word that means to live. He's on the path of enjoying life who listens to others speaking into their life. But he who ignores reproof goes astray. The word astray means wanders off course. That's in your face, right? He who listens, heeds, seeks out input from others, path of life. If you ignore it, if you discount the principle, if you don't seek counsel, you'll wander off course from God's plan for your life. Let me give you a second one. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who, say the next word out loud, listens. Notice it doesn't say seeks. Seeking it's not enough. 
but he who listens to counsel. The word listen is a Hebrew word that means to hear with the implication of giving attention to what's been said. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. He who's always right in his own eyes is a fool. But the wise man is he who doesn't just seek counsel, but they listen to it. Here's the question. Am I teachable? When somebody speaks into your life and they bring correction or they bring a different perspective, do you listen or do you immediately begin to explain away why what they said can't be right for you? Let me give you a third one. And this one's really in your face. <laughs> Proverbs 12.1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But he who hates reproof is, say it out loud. That's not a word you use in church all the time, right? Albert Barnes was a great theologian in the 17th century, understood the Hebrew language. He looked at that word stupid, and here's the way he said it in his commentary. Dumb as an ox. That's literally what he said. He who ignores reproof. He who does not listen to counsel. If you're somebody that doesn't like it when people are speaking into your life, here's what Proverbs says about you. You are living your life as dumb as an ox. That's not real warm and fuzzy, right? Pastor, that doesn't make us feel good today. But it's true. Now, here's the thing about Proverbs. You can go do it your way. But Proverbs says, it will be painful. You don't have to do it God's way. You don't have to. Grace has given you the freedom to walk out of here and make your decisions however you want to. But grace has given us instruction about how to make those decisions in a way that will protect and bless our life. And we can choose to do it another way. But here's what Proverbs says. Dangerous. It's dangerous. So let me close with this. Why is this such a big deal? What's the big deal about seeking counsel to make (coughs) wise decisions? Let me give you just by stating them four impacts of unwise decision making. And you're going to be able to, I'm going to let you just take these home and think about them. But here they are. Number one, when you don't do this, people get hurt. Look at the proverb when there is no guidance, the people fall. The word fall there in Hebrew is a word that literally is a picture of somebody stumbling and tripping and falling. And you know what happens when you stumble and you trip and you fall, you get hurt. When you don't seek counsel, listen to me, people get hurt. And some of you, I can see it in some of your eyes, you know that by experience. And here's the reality. Most of the time, it's the people that you don't want to hurt the most. Number two, relationships are broken. Look what it says. 
through insolence, that means the arrogance of making decisions without all the information, through insolence comes nothing but strife. Strife is quarreling, fighting. Relationships get broken when we don't seek wisdom in making decisions. Number three, there are unintended consequences. Look at this verse. The companion of fools will suffer harm. The word harm, that, that, that phrase, I love the way Eugene Peterson in the message translates this phrase. Here's what he said. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Things that you don't even intend to happen. They're unintended consequences. Things that aren't even directly related to that decision. The ripple effects of that decision. And fourthly, good intentions are wasted. Without consultation, plans are frustrated. That word frustrated kind of is this picture. Have you ever wanted to do something for somebody to make things better and what you did only made things worse? Did you know that often you could avoid that through counsel? Because usually when we have a a heart to want to help somebody, and we're not sure if it's the right thing to do, but we blow into it and do it anyway, there's this principle of Proverbs doing the right thing in the right way at the right time. Sometimes what you want to do is the right thing, but it's not the right time, or you're not saying it in the right way. And what counsel does is it helps firm that up. Somebody could say, you know, that, that's a good word God's put on your heart, but you might ought to think about this. <laughs> you might ought to think about the time. The proverb says, like apples of gold and settings of silver, so is a word spoken in, listen, right circumstances. People get hurt. Relationships get broken. There are unintended consequences. And then this idea of good intentions get wasted. Now, I just read you four verses I want to read those verses. We're not going to be on the screen, but I want you to hear them. Where there's no guidance, the people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there's victory. Through insolence comes nothing but strife. But wisdom is with those who receive counsel. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. You hear it? So... Here's the application again. Look at it on the screen. When you don't know what to do, you must seek counsel from those walking with God and honoring His Word. Now, listen, remember what I told you. This by itself is not the magic potion to knowing what to do in every situation. But you got to put it with the other one. And then we're going to have two more over the next two weekends. I'm turning and trusting in God's Word. I'm daily in the Word. I'm weekly under the Word. I'm consistently fellowshipping around the Word. And as I'm walking with God in His Word, God is speaking into my life through His Word. And then I add to that, seek counsel. Say, turn and trust. Turn and trust. Say, seek counsel. Seek counsel. Those are the first two steps to building a framework through which you can discern what God is speaking into your life. I turn and trust in His Word, and I seek counsel from those who love Him, are walking with Him, and honoring His Word. Does that make sense? If it makes sense, say amen. Amen. Hey, not rocket science, but I'm telling you, it'll bless your life. 
if you'll start living this out. It'll bless your life. Say it again. Turn and trust. Turn and trust. Seek counsel. We got two more to go. I'm excited about unpacking those. When we get all four of these together, it becomes a lens through which we can see our situations and circumstances and allow the Holy Spirit of God to speak into our lives.